Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Our membership is diverse and inclusive. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey everybody, today is Tuesday, March 29th, and we are continuing our conversation about the transgender craze. And literally, it is a craze. It's, it's over the top a craze, right? Uh, and especially here in Oregon, where we're headquartered, but also in other states. So today I want to share with you a testimony given by the leader of our Illinois chapter. She spoke at a recent school board meeting and uh, there was a rebuttal a couple weeks later. Very interesting. And so I want to give some commentary about both of those presentations, testimonies at a school board meeting in Grays Lake, Illinois. So let's first listen to Michelle's testimony. Also, I recently found out that at GMS, there have been some teachers counseling students pushing a transgender agenda, also telling that those students to tell their parents, I'm sorry, to keep it from their parents. I know in the high school, there have been names changed and genders changed without parental notice in like the, in their records. And so I also do know that it's happening and has happened at um, Grays Lake Middle School and that is illegal. You cannot do it. It is an abuse of power. You cannot indoctrinate children in that way. It's not okay. It's wrong. And they're too young to understand what it means to go from being a girl to a boy. They don't get it. And that's why these new bills are starting so early. They just want to manipulate the kids whose brains have barely developed. They're not old enough to make these decisions. And then you guys are allowing parents to stay in the dark. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. Michelle's testimony was very brief. Uh, She was required to stay within a three-minute limit or be cut off. That is the usual time frame that school boards require. She just put the school board on notice that she had knowledge of some teachers who were counseling students to change their sex, basically to promote the transgender option to these students. And she knew that it was in the middle school as well as the high school and that they were doing it without parental notice and without putting it in their record. Michelle is a parent. She is not a polished speaker. And she wanted to go on public record. She knew of teachers counseling students 
to change their sex and keep that decision from their parents. It's noteworthy to recognize that K through 12 comprehensive sexuality education was recently passed by the legislature last year in the state of Illinois. Two weeks later, at the next school board meeting on Wednesday, March 23rd, there was more public comment and rebuttal to Michelle Cunney's very brief observation and report to the school board. It is evident to point out that three speakers were chosen to advocate for gender identity policies and teaching. Listen to the first speaker, Crystal Larson. The board president starts out asking the presenters to stay within three minutes, if possible. Public comments. I do uh, wish to remind everybody to keep their comments to under three minutes, if possible. Uh, and the uh, uh, first person on the list is... Uh, Crystal Larson. Okay. I think we're off. There we go. Esteemed board and president, thank you for hearing me tonight. My name is Crystal Larson. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a local elected official, district resident, LGBTQ plus activist, and the mother of two children who attended D46 schools. I'm here before you tonight in response to a speaker from the meeting of March 9th, 2022. As a transgender woman, a public speaker on transgender issues, and the parent of a transgender child who attended this school district, I believe I'm sufficiently qualified to offer an expert contrasting opinion. No. Individuals representing a small minority of people advocating that all students be required to accept their lifestyle are not qualified experts. In their comments, the speaker first noted that the policies of the district related to gender expansive students were illegal and abuse of power policies for my own review. Let me begin by stating the obvious. I don't need to read the 78 pages the district provided to me to know this one simple truth. School policies do not make people queer. We disagree. Many more students are making choices they otherwise would not have without peer pressure to do so. GSA clubs encourage students to join or be considered a bigot. Although parents can have such conversations with their own children if they choose, public school policy requires staff to teach students about controversial behaviors, question and challenge family values and beliefs, and encourage students to experiment sexually with one another. Students are asked to make decisions about sexual orientation even before entering puberty and accept ideologies when they are in kindergarten. I did read the policy titled District Protocol in Support of Transgender and Gender Nonconforming Students, and I was immediately uplifted by the comprehensive effort that was undertaken to provide support to these students. There is a complete process that allows children to move from an exploratory phase through to being fully out, both at school and in their everyday lives, and at the speed at which they are most comfortable. It allows for children to take a step back, step sideways, or even step out of transition entirely. Sorry, Crystal. We don't agree. It's not that easy to step sideways or out. Hormone injections will render kids sterile within four months. Chest binders can cause life-threatening complications, including destroying breast tissue. Young women cannot either conceive or nurse their children. So much for stepping sideways. Once a minor student begins transition, as the GLSEN protocol specifies, he or she is encouraged to change their name and pronouns and use opposite-sex restroom without parent knowledge or permission. In most cases, the child is assured their secret is safe with the school. 
We hear from parents across the nation whose children have come out to them long after they have been assimilated into the trans culture and begun wearing chest binders, taking hormones, and scheduled surgery. Oregon Law makes these services available to students at taxpayer expense as young as 14. That process is driven almost entirely by the child and only supported by the school. Even 10 years ago, prior to the adoption of these policies, the support and understanding for children who were questioning their own identities was generally positive. This speaks not only to the current policy of the school board, but to the ongoing commitment and support of a diverse student body. In these regards, D46 continues to be a model in how to keep gender expansive students in school during an incredibly vulnerable time in their lives. I would also like to address the speaker's comments regarding a transgender agenda at GMS. This is my own personal observation, but at no time did I, as a parent, ever feel like D46 was driving any one particular social agenda over another. I've seen teachers support students of all backgrounds on various social issues that matter to the children they're responsible for, but never have I seen them push a specific agenda of indoctrination except to become educated and free-thinking members of our society. I've watched a number of gender-expansive children, including my own, grow through these school systems over the past 10 years and have heard their stories about having to advocate for themselves at every turn. The faculty and staff then adjusted to support these students and offered them room to be curious, to question, and to explore, all hallmarks of a good and free education system. Some of these students are now living their authentic lives and the gender they identify as, and they're homeowners, taxpayers, and someday may have their own children in this district, the same schools that gave them these opportunities. The speaker then went on to claim that children are too young to understand what it means to change the gender we were assigned at birth. Quote, to change from a boy into a girl, and quote, they don't get it, was there what they said? In that regard, I refute the speaker's claim in total. Children know their gender identity at an incredibly young age, as factual medical evidence continues to bear out. Speaking anecdotally, however, I was younger than seven when I first understood who I was. I was younger than seven or eight when I knew that my family didn't agree with that gender expression. And I was younger than, ten, younger than 10 when I understood that continuing to express myself as a girl in even the most trivial ways would get me in serious trouble. Children understand their actions and their decisions far more than we give them credit for. If I had had a support network like the children today have, my life may have been very different. Instead, I learned to hide my true self behind walls of smoke and mirrors, carefully crafted illusions and facades for nearly four decades. Were it not for an unrelated and serious life trauma, I may never have found the courage to be my authentic self and enjoy the sense of finally beginning to be who I was always meant to be. My transgender son knew at an early age as well. And without the support of the D46 schools, he may never have survived middle or high school. I don't say that just figuratively, but quite literally. He may never have found the courage to come out to his family. He may never have found the strength to be his authentic self. He may never have found the acceptance and love of his family in the way he deserves. So I want to thank you all for your continued diligence in providing a safe environment for students of all backgrounds to not only to exist, but to grow and to thrive. Thank you. Okay, Ms. Larson, you've laid out in your closing remarks false statements suggesting early decision-making by prepubescent children is reliable. You are so wrong. Let us help you. Scientific studies show the brain does not mature until age 25 or even later. 
We believe the lack of cognitive and developmental maturity levels of young people have been grossly overlooked, not just by educators, but by curriculum authors and the education institutions. Scientific findings regarding mental and emotional maturity are stunning. Conservative estimates indicate maturity at age 25. The car rental companies got to it first, but neuroscientists have caught up, and brain scans show clearly that the brain is not fully finished developing until about age 25. These changes that happen between ages 18 and 25 are a continuation of the process that starts around puberty. And 18-year-olds are about halfway through the process. Their prefrontal cortex is not yet fully developed. That's the part of the brain that helps you to inhibit impulses and to plan and organize your behavior to reach a goal. I just quoted from Sandra Amat, neuroscientist and co-author of the book, Welcome to Your Child's Brain. She goes on, we see that motor control, meaning the myelination of the motor pathways, occurs around age 15 on average. Then the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, responsible for cognitive control and executive function, is pretty much myelinated by 25. But then you start talking about emotions and everyone realizes the impact of emotions on cognitive control. They can change how much control you have. So when you look at the medial and orbital surfaces of the frontal lobe, which some call the social brain, the mean age of myelination of those connections between the limbic system and those frontal areas is about age 32. That is a far cry from 18. So who decides what is age appropriate? Often students experiment with the very behaviors they are introduced to by CSE or Comprehensive Sexuality Education Instruction. Unfortunately, school districts usually leave parents with only an opt-out of class option. While the majority of students received and act upon the suggestions found in CSE curriculum, the very curriculum that was recently passed in many states across the country, but most recently in Illinois, where this individual gave testimony. The trans craze is not just crazy, it's dangerous. Parents have to stand against the notion that school officials presume to know better than you what your children need. It is unconscionable. We are even debating the presumption minors have the cognitive ability to understand their sexual preferences or desires before they are ever fully man or woman. 
how can a girl possibly know she is really a boy when she is eight? And how can a young boy possibly know he is really a girl when he is only eight? And that is not the only justification the activists offer for stopping puberty. Stay tuned. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.